Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Go to Daniel in Sunnyvale. Listen to us on KDOW. Steve, thank you. Uh, speaking of the newsletter, really appreciate that every week. It's great. I'd recommend it. Thank I was you. thinking about getting into a social, social media stock. And provides unbiased answers. No, it's extremely popular with the kids. Snapchat, SNA, SNAP. The problem is they don't make money, so don't take a big position, okay? Invest Talk. Over 31 million downloads and counting. I had a quick question regarding savings plans for my kids for college. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking shared success and now today's podcast good afternoon everybody and welcome to invest talk it is friday june 4th 2021 30 days away or so from july 4th weekend i always like the july 4th weekend one of my favorites my favorite is thanksgiving i must i must admit that's my favorite uh, holiday um, and okay, I want to thank you for listening to today's program and podcast. This is Invest Talk, and of course, I start off with our mission statement every time: independent thinking and shared success. And we do that because we want to assure you that we will provide you with the best information we have at our fingertips, and it will be accurate. Maybe not one hundred percent always right, because you know, I, no one's infallible. But we have lots of databases, and we have a lot of data that we know is correct. So, and we don't mind sharing that. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, we're. I encourage you to give me a call. This is a call-in show. You push the show wherever direction you want to go, and I'll go with you as long as it's financial. Where I'm on board with you. So, give us a call. Our number never changes. It's always the same. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. We're live today, right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time. We're live every day, Monday through Friday. And so you can call now if you want to get on the air. But you can call anytime you want, leave a message on what we call our listener line, and we'll we'll play the question as soon as we can. Okay? So why don't we go ahead and get started. Here's the first question. Uh, hello, guys. Thank you so much for your show. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, my question is uh, involving AT&T, and I'm sure you're getting a bunch. I have a position in AT&T. Once the spinoff goes through, should I be concerned about my covered calls that I have written out because I'm worried I might lose some shares of AT&T and get the new company? Or will I keep my shares in AT&T and just the spinoff would be another company with additional shares? Thank you for any, any help and can't wait to hear on the podcast. Yeah, you'll keep your shares at AT&T. You won't lose any shares. That's not going to happen. So... Your covered call strategy, whatever it is that you're doing, should be in place. Um, so, but I am not an expert on options. It's one of my weakest points because I never traded options. Justin's a lot better on that than I am. He's, he's studied them better. Okay, but no, you won't lose any AT&T shares. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. My focus point today concerns a story Low interest rates make borrowing attractive, but there's a catch. And there's a couple of things that this particular study concluded, which I'm not agreeing with. I don't think their conclusions are wrong, personally. But we'll talk about it. So 
My trivia question will highlight the history of medical device we all encounter almost daily. You've seen digital thermometers, but have you seen a glass bulb thermometer? My trivia question is coming up at the halfway mark of the show, as it always does. Since it is Friday, I will also share highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. I do that every Friday. Um, and let's see, what else? Oh, and I also do some, usually give you some of the some economic stats, uh, uh, you know, oil prices and gold prices, and we'll probably get to that too. So how did the market do today? Well, it was up. Uh, the Dow was up 180. The Nasdaq was up 200, and the S&B was up 37. Now, I was making comment the other day to Nick in my office about how the market was going down when the ADP number, which is the private sector company, came out with their jobs report, and it was very high. And I said, did you notice that the market is rallying on this news? And he said, oh, yeah, I guess. And then this morning, I pointed out, notice that the jobs report number was not nearly as good, the official jobs report number, was not nearly as good as they thought it would be, and the market rallied? Why? And those were the, I guarantee you, people, those were the reasons that the market moved up and down then up today. Because people think they want the Fed to stay on the sidelines. They want the Fed to keep doing what they're doing. Remember, investors don't like change. And if the numbers are really, really good, like the ADP number suggested, then maybe the economy's a lot stronger than we thought. And maybe the Fed will do something about that, maybe tighten money supply sooner than we expect. Today, just the opposite. The numbers weren't nearly as good as they expected. Therefore, that's going to mean the Fed's going to stay on the sidelines for a long time, and they're going to keep huge money supply going, keep it flowing. That's what happened. Anyways, we're headed into a quick break, as you know, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, let's see. Other time, well... If, you know, if I can get to other topics, I will. We'll talk about the jobs. We'll talk about uh, uh, U.S. economic optimism. And we'll talk about other things. But for right now, give me a call. We're going to a break. 888-99-CHART. Look at the calendar. Summer is days away. Now, maybe more than ever, you've got to optimize your portfolio investments. To do that, you'll need the right information and a planning strategy adjusted for your situation. And the Invest Talk phone lines are open now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. You know, that's the number you call. Let's go to Mark in Cincinnati. How you doing, Mark? Good. How are you doing, Steve? Good. Thanks for the call. Um, yes, I'm uh, calling about stock. Um, stock, uh, stock symbol is OMF. Uh, stock has been on my watch list. Um, it looks like it consistently makes money. It's profitable. So it has a low PE. Um, I was just trying to get your opinion on this stock, your evaluation. It looks like it has a high dividend yield, which I don't know how sustainable that is, but I was just trying to get your uh, thoughts on it. Okay, let's look at it. This is One Man Holdings, Inc., OMF, that's M as in Mary, F as in Frank, provides personal loans through a network of 1,500 branches in 44 states through 
through iLoan and through the internet. Uh, it's a $8 billion company, so it's pretty good size. Uh, they're going to make $9.39 this year, $8.13 next year. That's really quite high compared to the $5.41 a share they made in 2020. So the code would help them quite a bit because people are borrowing money. Uh, it is a low PE. They do have a very good yield. The yield is 4.7%. It's a $59 stock. So um, that PE, that, that yield is is not not a problem for them at all. It's like you know, sixty dollars stock and five percent would be a you know uh, uh, a three dollar uh, dividend, and yet and they're making eight dollars a share. So it's not is you know it's not it's easy for them to pay it. So it's not it's not too high. They have a lot of debt, but that's because they loan money. They borrow money and loan it out. Their sales have been shrinking recently. Uh, so there's the biggest problem you should have. Why are sh- sale, uh, sales now starting to shrink the last three quarters? Probably because they really did really well the four quarters before that. So they're probably just returning uh, to normal. And that's why they're going to make $9.39 this year, but only $8 next year. Because, the because you know, the reason for borrowing when it's going to go down because the economy is going to be strong. So I think it's probably, this is the problem we have here, Mark, is it's probably made its run. Even though it's still a low PE, this is kind of a low PE business. Um, I, I think it's made, the lower range of the PE is two, as low as two on the PE, as high as 26. So even though it's only a seven or so eight PE, that's not that low for this company in this industry. Okay, so don't get excited because of the low PE. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Locke in San Diego. How you doing, Locke? Hey, how are, how are you doing? Good. Thank, thank you, you for the thank call. Thank you for sharing uh, your knowledge. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Great. Yep. I have I have a question. It, it has two parts. So my question will be about the thicker, like, QL. Uh, Q QYLD. Um, this is a high 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 yield instrument. Um, that uh-huh. is the first. What is your opinion about it? The second part of the question is: If I have uh, liquidity and I just want to like park it somewhere to have it like low volatile and high dividend, is this the right instrument, or what else should I look at? Okay, for global, this is a QYLD, right? And that's exchange traded funds seeking results corresponding to the CB, CBOE NASDAQ 100 buy right index. So, no, this is not a place necessarily to park money because it depends. It's not volatile, that's for sure. But, you know, I don't. You, it, I have to know exactly what they're doing to give you an answer is this is the place to park money. When, I, when you tell me, when you put it that way, is this a good place to park money, I'm assuming you don't want any volatility for that money. You don't want it to go up and down based on what you bought. You want it to be steady. Is that, am I, am I interpreting that correctly? Is that what you're saying when you say you yes, want to park money? The way money? I think about it is like, for example, I have like $10,000 or, or $20,000. I just want to get like, Five to ten percent dividend yield. So, and this instrument like can like have that dividend yield. So, but like yes. I don't know if it's the, the right way to think about it. 
Yeah, it, it's probably not. In this environment that we're in, if you're looking for 5 to 10% yield and at the same time you're saying, I want it to be kind of steady and not risky, that doesn't equate because you can't do that. The, uh, the, the, the non-risky part uh, uh, and, and obtaining a yield will only yield you about 2% at, you know, maybe 3 because this will be volatile. Uh, whenever, whenever you can, you can automatically assume, remember, remember the environment when very low yield environment, very low interest rates. So anything with that pays high interest rate, uh, there's going to be much more risk associated with that. That doesn't mean you can't get that high interest rate and doesn't mean it won't be a good return. It's just, it's going to take risk. It will be a riskier bet, not, not a place to quote unquote park money for safety. It's not. It won't. So this would not be out. So, just so you know. Okay, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Good question, Mark. Friday is always a busy podcast day, so I think I should get started now by my my focus point. It concerns this story. Low interest rates make borrowing attractive, but there is a catch. So, it does make it borrowing attractive, and that problem with the catch is you're borrowing more and more money at your events. You're going to have to pay it back. That's the catch. Um, when it's a very low interest rate environment, kind of tends to let people borrow money and not save the money to buy the things they want or need. They don't save it to buy it. They just borrow cheap money to buy it. But then they got to pay that money back with interest. And even though the interest is cheap, you're paying, you're, you're, you borrowed money. You have debts to do. You have liabilities. And sometimes they can get away from you. The article they were... The article they were uh, that is related to this called "The Ultra Rich Are Saving Their Money Instead of Spending It," um, and the middle class is buried in debt. What's interesting about this article? This is something we all got to learn how to how to view. The article is citing a study. The study says that the rich are holding on to their money and they're not uh, spending it, and that's causing the middle class to borrow more money because that's what the, the study shows in the statistics. But I'm but there's a thing called correlation is not causation. Just because it's correlated that the rich are not borrowing much money and hoarding their cash does not necessarily mean that's causing the the middle class to borrow more money. I I, I that's a stretch to me. Causation, correlation does not, is not causation. It's because it's correlated. One, one happens and the other happens. Doesn't mean that they are caused. They, one caused the other, or the other caused it. So it, it's just pay attention to this. And I'm reading this article. And I'm thinking your conclusions are kind of goofy. So, um, that was on Yahoo Finance, by the way. <laughs> I didn't think it was. 888-99 chart give me a call we're live 888-992-4278 the stock market is volatile it's constantly changing so how are you positioned is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks you can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. 
The Invest Talk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Ben from Oregon. I had a quick question regarding savings plans for my kids for college. I was thinking about opening a 529 or a uh, Coverdale for my two kids, but I had heard that by doing that, you might be less likely to apply for, or they might be less likely to apply for FAFSA money or other scholarship money when the time comes for college. And um, I was wondering if you knew of any truth to that and any other ways around it, if so. I look forward to your answer in the podcast. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay. uh, I'm not an expert in this area, but from what I know, it is true. It's not that they can apply for these loans. It's just that many of these, many of these, if not all, require that they – your child use up the 529 money before they give you the loan. In other words, they're not going to loan you money if you already have college uh, money for college in a 529 or a Coverdale. They're not going to give you the loan. Why? They're going to say, well, well, you already have money set aside for that purpose. Why do you need money? When you use that up, then we'll loan you the money. Yes, I've heard that, and I've had nieces and nephews that have experienced that. So, what, what's a way around it? Don't open a 529 or a Coverdale. Don't. That's the way around it. Uh, put, put, if you're going to put money aside, just open up a separate college fund money under your own name and put money in it and invest it. Yes, you, it, will grow, it won't grow tax-free, which is the benefit for a 529 program, but you won't have that issue either because it's not, you know, quote-unquote college money. It's just money, yours. But also, if you make too much money and you have too much money saved and put away, you know, the harder it is to get a loan. So it's, yeah, it's a tough situation. Anyways, well, at least I, from my, my, my knowledge of my 29 um, uh, niece and nephews and my wife's and my, my uh, brothers and sisters, from what we hear. Okay, on Fridays, we generally make time to fit in a quick rundown of the key benchmark numbers. The two-year Treasury yield was at 0.149, and last week it was at 0.145, so pretty much pretty close to the same. The 10-year Treasury yield, 1.562, and it's now 1.587, so the yield went up a little bit. Gold was priced at 18.91 per ounce. Last week it was 19.04. Okay, so it went down a little bit. Uh, silver, 2792. Uh, last week it was 2780. So it went up. Gold went down. Silver went up. Not much, but still. Oil was selling for uh, 69.28 a barrel. Last, and last week it was a 66.24. Two weeks before that was 63.54. Now it's 69. Why is oil going up when we have a glut of oil? Well, one reason is we're you know we're still not we're not looking for it as much as we were, uh, and therefore if you're not drilling for it and economic economies around the world are starting to expand, we're not going to have as the thought thinking is is that though we have plenty of it now we may not have plenty of it next year or the year after. Okay, and gasoline prices uh, the average national average is three dollars and four cents. California is $4.21. 
There was a gas station in California and a remote area along the coast that were charging six bucks a gallon, a little over six dollars a gallon. So that's pretty high. Lowest price around in the nation, two dollars and eighty-eight cents a pump at the pump, North Carolina. So seems like we always we mean in California where I live is always the highest cost. And and it's it's politics, people. I guarantee it's. I know it's politics, because we charge. We just had a tax increase on gas, and California wants to be very green. They want to punish people for using gas. Of course, who, they're hurting the lower income people the most because you got to still use a vehicle. And you know, not everybody can afford a you know electric car, but that's another issue. Okay, uh, let's see. Let's move on. Let's keep moving. Let's try another caller question. Hello, Steve and Justin. Uh, my name is Jay from Massachusetts. I was calling about Huntsman, H-U-N. I was wondering if it's a good stock to buy, and if so, what is a good price to buy it at? Thank you. Huntsman Corporation manufactures uh, polyurethane materials, textiles, effects, performance products, and pigments and other things. $6.2 billion company sells that stuff globally. It picked up 15% growth in sales in the most recent quarter, which is great. Last year, sales were down because of COVID. They're going to make $2.88. It's a $28.25 stock. So it's a 10 PE based on next year, based on next year's earnings. And the five-year five year average is 7 to 32. I would say a good place to buy this stock is right about here. $27.50 would be ideal, but that's right about in this area. Over the, past, over the past year, most of us have experienced COVID temperature scanning as we try to enter buildings such as medical offices. I have. These days, the digital thermometer is generally used. It is the fastest and non-intrusive method right now with the standard liquid thermometers of days gone by. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name at least one stock-traded manufacturer of human body thermometers? And looking back in time, when, which year do you think the earliest known crude thermometer was made? Uh, the answer back, right when we come back after the break. From sunrise to sunset. Hi, Steve. This is Carol in Alabama. From dusk till dawn. Hey, guys. It's Carl from Philadelphia. The questions keep coming. I had a question regarding portfolio yield. From down the street, around the corner, and across the country. Big fan of the podcast from New York here. I'm calling from the Chicagoland area. From Newport, Kentucky. Invest Talk listeners have one objective. This is Frank from the Bay Area. Financial freedom. Had a question on your opinion about this Vanguard Total Bond Market Index Fund. How they get there and when they get there is up to them. My question today is about diversification. But Steve Peasley and Justin Klein can help improve their strategy with unbiased investing guidance. I really thank you guys for all of your knowledge and wisdom. Listen live or download the podcast, investtalk.com. We're already moving through the second quarter, and serious investors need to bring their best game. InvestTalk is here to help. 888-99-CHART. 
Okay, before the break, I gave you a trivia question, and we got lots of information I'll try to cover shortly, and we'd really condense this. So can you name at least one of the stock traded manufacturer human thermometers, human body thermometers? Uh, and then looking back in time, which, in which year do you think the earliest known thermometer, crude thermometer, was invented? Okay, it's, it's a long history. Okay, so I can't give you all the details, and I'm not going to try. First, a thermometer, a medical device manufacturer named Becton Dixonson and Company trades today at BDX. Its shares were about $241 today. Becton Dickinson was founded in 1897 in New Jersey, and in 2020, it had $17 billion in revenues. So, Becton Dickinson manufactures digital thermometers and is well-known to their legacy glass bulb thermometer. So, the development of the thermometer took centuries with many scientists playing different roles, okay? So I don't want to get into all that. And, of course, you know, everybody knows that thermometers are used in healthcare and everything. So, anyways, um, and you also know that the, the standard thermometer consists of a glass tube with a bulb at the end that contains a liquid and it goes up and down. Well, Around 1612, a Venetian scholar, Santorio Santoria, made crucial conceptual advances in this. In 1724, a young merchant named Daniel Fahrenheit noticed that the thermometers were becoming an increasing popular trading commodity, and he got into it, Fahrenheit. Okay, then in 1742, a Swedish astro astronomer named Anders Celsius invented a new measurement scale, Celsius, in making the calibration process. Do you know most of the world now use, uh, you know, Celsius used, it from, used uh, freezing at boiling points of water at sea level. That's, that's where he started his calibration. So but the only two major countries that use Fahrenheit these days is the United States and Parts of England. I know that when I was in uh, high school, they were trying to change us over to Celsius, and we should have kept at it, but we didn't. We flipped back to Fahrenheit because Celsius is, it makes a lot more sense using that standard measurement under Celsius. Okay, enough of that. Duncan, New York. How you doing, Duncan? Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for the call. Awesome. I feel like a celebrity being here live. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you're not. I'm not a celebrity. But thanks for the compliment. <laughs> yep. I am calling about stock V-A-L-E. I'm a big fan of your podcast, um, and I'm kind of getting tricks of the trade. V-A-L-E is a Brazilian stock. It deals yes. with, um, like, uh, materials and uh, base metals. I am looking for the uh, base metals play. I actually didn't even realize this was only 15% of, like, what they basically do. My question is, um, uh, is it too late to kind of get into this? I see that their dividend yield is, like, 3.8, um, and they also have, like, a P.E. ratio of 11. Uh, and just wanted to know what your uh, metrics see on this. Okay, uh, I think the forward P.E. is actually less than that. This is Vale, everybody, V-A-L-E. It's a Brazilian company engaged in the uh, – Mining exploration of minerals in Brazil and other and five other countries. Uh, this was on our premium newsletter as a a, a, a stock for a watch list a few weeks back uh, because we think it still has room to grow. 
Uh, recent sales growth in the most recent quarter was 81%. Before that, growth was 48%. The quarter of that was 5%. And before that, it was shrinkage of 18%. So that tells you what's happening. Their business is turned around and skyrocketing sales. Pays a 5.1% dividend. I think the dividend is pretty darn safe. There's no issue there. Your biggest problem is it's out of Brazil. So, you know, you're going to have a currency translation, right? Currency, U.S. dollar to the, what? what's the Brazil money? I forgot. What is their money? Uh, uh, anyways, I forgot what their money was. Uh, um, hold on now, people. What I got here is my one of my screens just went out. Come on. Don't do that to me. Anyways, I kind of like Vail. Um, I, I think it, I still think it's an opportunity. It's it's now reaching right at its 52-week high. I mean, it's right there. Um, if it breaks below, above it, I think that's a buy point. And let's see. Let me tell you when that number is. Uh, $23. If it breaks above $23, that's a buy because I don't know where it's going to go. I think it's going to keep going up. If it pulls back to the $20 area, that's another good buy point. So I like it. Just letting you know. Okay? I really appreciate it. Thank you for the call. I got my screen back on. Thank goodness. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today, as I do every Friday. And, you know, the first section called the Market Condition Sections, and I explained in that section there were some interesting economic numbers released this week. Everyone, of course, was waiting for the jobs report came out this morning, but there were other lots. The market is looking for a Goldilocks path, and I kind of hinted at it earlier in the show with the ADP jobs report being very strong, the market went down. With today's jobs report with being weak, the stock market went up. The market, it wants that Goldilocks in between kind of right there, you know, because it, it, it's markets, everybody's looking at the Fed and the easy money position they have had now for several years and haven't changed whatsoever. And they say they're not going to change, but it's a concern for investors. So we'll see. Um the unemployment claims continues to fall. I mentioned that in there. It's at 385,000. Just remember pre-COVID, now it's at 385,000, down from 405,000 last the week before. Pre-COVID, it was a two, around 200,000. So that's the goal to get back down there. Okay? And I've mentioned that I've been stressing in the premium newsletter the rise of commodity prices, and therefore, and we've seen the rise in commodity stocks. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you, how long you've been paying attention, but we've been talking about it going back last year. The commodity prices were going to start moving, and they have this year. I don't think they're done. I also said there's, in the newsletter, it says a multi-year cycle, but I do think now you've got to be a bit more careful of your purchase price because we've seen a big movement. So you can't just go out and buy them. You got to be a little bit sharper than that, people. Under the portfolio management portfolio management section, I talk about dividends and popularity of dividends, and how to find good, steady dividend payers. Try not to find the highest yield because those usually aren't consistent over time. You're looking for consistency. Well, I kind of mentioned it. How how do you know? What are some of the uh, the, the the metrics you use to make sure that they can be consistent in the future. So, and of course, the most important one is the payout ratio. 
payout ratio, everybody. Payout ratio. That, all that is is nothing fancy. How much earnings do the company have, and what's the what, how much money of those earnings are they paying in dividend? That's the payout ratio. And we don't like to see them paying out more than 60% of earnings in the form of dividend. 60%. That's the payout ratio. That's the top we like to see. Below that's fine. Above that, uh, why? Because it starts to eat. Well, I won't, but it's in, you know, that kind of information is in the premium newsletter. Okay, I gave a couple stock ideas. An Indian company engaged in the mining of copper, zinc, and aluminum in India and Australia. Australia. Uh, the P was around nine. Uh, return equity is 21%. Kind of like that number. And then, um, oh gosh, guys. Uh, then I took a look at U.S. company engaged in mining uh, aluminum, alumina, uh, and bauxite. Big company. P.E. is 40. P.E. is 10 with uh, stock selling about $40. So some good stocks, I thought. I thought were good, solid companies. Consumer Watch. Travel. I talk about traveling. When's the best time to, you know, work with COVID getting by airlines are staffing up, putting planes back into service, and when's the best time to buy a ticket? How far in advance? All in the premium. There's a lot of information, always, every every week, valuable information, I think. And you can easily subscribe. You know, it's not hard. It's not rocket science. Just go to investtalk.com, and you'll see a button there to subscribe to the premium newsletter. Okay, and you'll get the report every Friday. I print it. I, 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 it's, it's a lot of work to do every Friday, a newsletter every Friday. Anyways, let's go to Daniel in Sunnyvale. Listen to us on KDOW. Hey, Daniel. Yes, Steve, thank you. Uh, speaking of the newsletter, really appreciate that every week. It's great. I recommend it. Um, I was you. thinking about getting into a social media stock. I'm mostly in value right now, and all uh-huh. the kids I work with are in Snapchat and just wanted yep. your take on thinking about taking a small position in that snap is the symbol i wouldn't it wouldn't hurt my feelings because you're right i know it's extremely popular with the kids snapchat sna snap the problem is they don't make money so don't take a big position okay and this would be your high flyer this would be your gambling kind of stock right because it's super they don't make money yet but sales Last quarter, sales grew 66%. The quarter before that, 62 The quarter before that, 52 The quarter before that, 17 The quarter before that, 44 44 50 48 Huge, I mean, going back over two years, huge growth every quarter, 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 quarter. It's a, the problem is it's a $61 stock. It doesn't make any money. <laughs> so uh, when is it going to turn around and make money? Well, it lost... 49 cents, it's going to lose 49 cents a share this year, but 6 cents a share next year. This kind of reminds me of the dot-com era where the prices are insane, but the difference here is they actually have sales that they're eventually going to turn into earnings. So I kind of, as long as you and I agree that this is a huge roll into dice and you only do a little bit of your money, this is one that I might take a shot at, okay, just so you know. It IPO'd in, what, March of 2017, 
right around $23, $24, something like that. Today's at 61 It got as low as $5 in December of 2018. And since then, it's done nothing but go up, a little dip during the COVID thing. So, Daniel, good luck with it, but don't, don't put a lot of money in it. Okay, let's keep moving. Let's go back to Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier. 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. This is Henry from New Jersey. Back in February, I bought some shares of uh, Champion X Corporation, ticker symbol CHX. It's grown quite a bit. I'm up 57%, and the current price is around 27 and change. They don't pay dividend, so this isn't going to be a long-term hold for me. The question is, should I keep holding it and benefit from the oil prices continuing to go back up as we recover past COVID, or should I sell it soon and take my gains elsewhere? Oh, and the stock represents about 4% of my portfolio. Thanks. Love the podcast. Take care. I think I would write it for more. I think I'd be a writer. It's now $29 today, by the way. Um, it's a, it's going to make 54 cents this year, then 99 cents next year. But the sales growth is uh, in the last three quarters, 129%, 185%, 162%. What does it do? CHX. It's a $5.9 billion company, mid cap, provides drilling technology, artificial lift solutions, and automation technologies for the oil and gas industry. And the stock is on a tear. It's still in an upward trend. So I think what you do is you follow it with a trend line up. As long as it stays in that upward trend, you stick with the stock. Okay, so it starts, if it breaks down, breaks down trend, then you take some profit. Uh, you know, you're probably what, up, since you said it was 57 when you called, and now it's 50, uh, 27 when you called, now it's 29. So that was another 10% increase. So you're, what, 57, now it's 67% profit? Yeah, you don't want to cut your winners too soon. You know, this, I think, could easily go back to the $40 area where it was back in 2018. I think it can easily go back to that, okay, in the 40s. So um, about $40 or so. I would, I would hold on to it. I would just and follow it up. If it starts to show any weakness, I might cut it in half, but I still wouldn't get out of all of it. I wouldn't. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay. The jobs report this morning. It came out uh, with official 559,000 new jobs created, dropping the uh, unemployment rate down to 5.8%. And just remember, ADP reported a couple days ago of 978,000 jobs. Well, what's the difference? ADP, remember, is a private company, and they're only studying private sector jobs. The official report counts private sector jobs and public sector jobs. So if some public sector jobs shrink, it takes away from the growth. And most of these jobs were in the leisure and entertainment industry. That was the jobs report. And the market uh, fell when ADP came out with 978,000 jobs. And the market rose when the official report came out with 559,000 jobs. And people probably are saying, well, I don't understand that. You, that's, see, this is why you have to learn the intricacies, the language, the, I don't know, how markets move. Why do they move? If you learn that language, this is very explainable to me. I, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's that's how I looked. Oh, that makes sense. 
Uh, why, why does that make sense to me? Because I knew, I knew that we we're in an easy money situation and the Fed, everybody's watching the Fed and they want them to stay on the sidelines. Goldilocks. They don't want them too high, too high jobs number, too low. They don't want that. Right. Perfect. This is Invest Talk, people. I'm Steve Peasley. And, of course, we have the same goal every day. Every day we have the show. And that's to help you achieve financial freedom. So give us a call. 888-99-CHART. It's an Invest Talk Friday. Steve Peasley is on duty, and he's happy to provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's go to Dave in Ohio. Hey, Dave. Oh, how are you doing, Steve? Thanks for taking yeah. my call. You're welcome. Um, hey, I have some um, hunting property. I can get about 250000 for it. Um okay. I'm just thinking, like, the best investment to invest this money. Um, I mean, I have already I have 700000 invested in the stock market and in individual okay. stocks. Okay. I have rental property. Okay. Um, I'm 59 and a half. I have a couple commercial properties. I have a couple businesses. I own the properties still. My, I have everything paid for. But I don't know, like. Wow. Congratulations. I have all, all my other bases kind of covered, but I don't know what to do with this money if I if I were to sell this property. Okay, let me ask a couple questions. Do you use the property to go hunting? No, no. No, you don't. So did I you buy have, it I with the intent? I haven't put on it in five years. Okay, so you bought it with the intent to, as an investment then at that time? Yeah, I got it at an estate. Like it was an estate uh, deal. I got it okay, really okay, cheap. Okay, okay. And, uh, so, because I was thinking that you were using it you know, as part of your life's enjoyment and you have plenty of other assets, so... Why sell it? But that's not the case. So, okay. Uh, Since so it's, it's not something that you're hunting is not the thing that you're using it for. You're just, you, you know, you just own it. Then I, I would probably get out, uh, I, you know, because is, is it in a location that the values go up or is it pretty steady? Yes. Um, okay. It's been going up, yes. Okay. I think we're, I have, I, I had, I went to a party yesterday, a graduation party for one of my grand nieces and I was talking to my brother-in-laws they're all real estate appraisers I have five brother-in-laws four of them are real estate appraisers and uh, I was talking about property values and just uh, pro- uh, uh, the real estate business in general and most of the consensus is they're starting to see hesitation they're starting to see some weakness even though out here in California prices are still rising very fast but they're starting to see that well, you know, the valuations are affecting uh, buyers coming into the market. In other words, there's not enough buyers. They're starting to slow down. Because here in California, you you put a property up for sale, and you get five, ten offers right away, and above asking price. It's just very common. And they're saying, they're saying they're just now starting seeing the first hints of it slowing down. The reason why I'm bringing it to you is if it's going to slow down here in California, it's probably going to slow down. Where's your property? Is it in Ohio? Yes. Yeah, so it probably will slow down. So you're you're at a pretty close to the top of the market is what I'm suggesting. So if you were going to sell it, you know, within the next year or two would probably be the time to sell it. Okay, so I I don't know if that's the kind of 
answer you were looking for. Um, but if it was me and I had no use for it personally, I would look for a place, a time to sell it. And what where would I put them? Where do I do with the money? I don't know. Maybe something boring like dividend paying stocks or something. Because sounds like you have enough assets for taking care of your retirement. Sounds like it. So, or you can take the money and go out and buy a fancy car or take a really fancy vacation because life is meant to be enjoyed and you need to enjoy it. So, unless you already have done that, Dave. <laughs> I think every, every all the other colors are jealous of your situation. You have what's called what everybody wants, and that's financial freedom. So, congratulations on that. Dave, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Okay, um... The U.S. Economy Optimism, Optimism Index, IBD, Business, Business Daily, they have an Optimism Index. You probably didn't know that. We're talking about economic optimism by the average people. And index is at 56.2. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because that's, that was a jump of two points, which is a decent jump, and it's right at pre-COVID highs. People are optimistic about the economy, which you can understand, right? So we're back to where we were, but we're still like 8 million jobs shy. I mean, so we're, we're not there yet. Um, uh, what else? Well, gee, I wanted, did you know there was $1 trillion in forgotten 401k plans out there? If you have old old 401k plans, do not forget them. Roll them into your current 401k plans or roll them into an IRA. Trillion dollars. Come on. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family. We would appreciate that about our free podcast. And you can download it at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, investop.com. You can do it every day. And, of course, we've told you before, and I'll keep telling you, you can... And, you know, browse by topics. If you have something specific you want to hear, you can do that. So please do that. Independent thinking and shared success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered and offered to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.